Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode is entitled, Try the Dragon Ice Cream. So let's set this up. Like I just left that out there and Greg's kind of looking at me like, what are you talking about? I love this. I love this. There could be a subtitle called The Wisdom of My Granddaughter. That is true. That is true. That is right. true. Or, or the wisdom of of un, under five, because I think most kids under five, uh, uh, and we forget the wisdom that we had in those moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's set this up a little bit for those of you that might be dropping in for the first time. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, we continue to be in very busy uh, situations right now, both uh, with what we do normally, plus with some collaborations and some stuff going on. And Greg, you just had your book launch last week, and it seemed to go well. And uh, there's a lot going on around, uh, around that. So uh, are you in good shape today? Or I am in good shape today. And I, I need to pass on um, the the critics came in the, uh, with regards to the, uh, you know, description, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes for the event. And the comment from my mother was, boy, that Alistair, he's, he's so good at what he does. He, he just really allowed the flow of the conversation to happen. And uh, he just, just wonderful. So that is the, uh, that is the uh, evaluation from Brantford. Thank you, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> so I just let you talk. That's the, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and here's the funny thing. Um, uh, uh, what, did, what did she, uh, oh yeah, this is her, her friend's comment was, boy, that son of yours, he has the gift of gab. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So just to fill everybody in, there was a kind of a zoom call for the official book launch. And, uh, I interviewed Greg yet again about his book and, uh, it was well attended and there's a lot of, uh, good close supporters and stuff. And it was, a uh, uh, it was a great event. It was, it was fun to do. Yeah, it was, it was great. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, Greg and I have been managers for a long time, and we've both benefited from a lot of people that have come along and, and help us learn how to be managers, have been a good role model, mentors. In every episode, uh, we're going to discuss situations where we and others have missed the mark. And we always start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others, how other people have influenced us in certain situations to help us do a better job and to be better people. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. You're going to have a good talk today? Yeah, we're going to have a good talk today. This is a good one. I, I, I love both the title and the uh, genesis of where it came from. Yeah, and, and the joke, I'm kind of chuckling to myself because as soon as we turn on Zoom, we start talking, we should just turn on the recording because we just go off on, on a tangent. We, I think we were actually uh, got into a discussion that we'll use on a, another podcast later on. And at a certain point, I, I kind of stopped the conversation. I said, no, no, we can't talk this out yet. This has to happen live on air later on. So it's funny because when we hit record, it, it's, it really makes no difference. We just keep chatting. So right. Right. So today, uh, the situation, uh, the topic, try the dragon ice cream. So there, of course, is a story about this episode. I got taken to school by my four-year-old granddaughter. We were playing with Play-Doh, as we do, and there's photographic evidence on uh, Facebook of, of some of my creations. And uh, 
if you don't play with Play-Doh, and I feel sorry if you've never played with Play-Doh, it's awesome. It comes with all sorts of accessories and you can use things in your house to kind of, uh, you know, increase the, you know, the fun and uh, all sorts of baking things are great to use with it as well. So uh, part of the setup is uh, there's some little um, ice cream sundae little trinkets that you can play with and put the Play-Doh on and stuff like that. And, and some of it comes from other toys or whatever, but it, you can have a really good time with this product, I tell you. So uh, my granddaughter put some pink Play-Doh in one of these ice cream sundae little fixtures. And uh, she asked me if I wanted to try it. And I asked her what flavor it was. And she told me it's dragon flavor. I waved off the opportunity. And uh, well, the response was, well, Papa, you have to try it. Now, my granddaughter has always been encouraged to try new things by her parents. And uh, well, as soon as she spoke out to me, that's a new episode. Because throughout this podcast, we throw a bunch of keywords around all the time. Uh, many of these words we use in every episode. And some of these words are, and I'm going to ask Greg to uh, fill out the list if I've forgotten something. Things like value, listening, safe, brave. And of course, the word for today is going to be openness. And I think there's probably a bunch of other words that we throw around one, as well. Yeah, yeah. the other one that's jumping up is trust. That's a big one, which probably fits here too. So today we're going to have uh, an episode on openness and I'm pretty sure it comes up in almost every episode that we do uh, in relation to whatever topic we're talking about. But today we're going to take a run at openness and the importance of this. So your company or organization talks about openness, but you experience some or all of the following. They don't really mean it. People are afraid of new ideas and new experiences. Sometimes they hire more people like themselves that do and tell them what they want to hear. People are often walking around with blinders on. You notice that certain people can make things happen on who people gravitate to. And sometimes you sense a staleness in the air, in the environment that you work. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and our work environment? Well, you know what? It, it's, uh, it's very tough, especially when they declare it right or or you know it's up on the walls you know the the typical of the values we're open and that type of thing but their behaviors don't match it and 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 you know i mentioned that additional word of trust that is that begins to crumble uh because trust is built upon credibility and reliability um, and uh, those are two key components of the trust equation, which we've shared before. And when you say one thing and then don't do it, that is a quick way to disintegrate trust in the organization. And then, and, and from an openness perspective, we know that this is a key uh, accelerator of innovation, of engagement, of performance, uh, people uh, feeling that they have a place that they can bring their ideas forward, no matter how different or how unique they are, uh, is such a powerful accelerator within organizations, teams, and in relationships uh, as well. And when you say one thing and do another, uh, I love that description of the staleness in the air. You know, you can almost I don't know, I, I, you know, stale bread that, that kind of, uh, you know, when everything's so still that it just feels heavy and that, that really, really resonated for me of the, 
the emotional, even the physical experience when uh, you are in an organization that isn't open. Um, and what ends up being is, you know, big turnover, low performance, underperformance, um, sometimes actually um, proactive um, dissidence, which actually hurts things, you know, so uh, all of those things can happen. Yeah, I discovered by accident, not of my own doing or my own intuition, how important it was for me when I got involved in things, whether it was work, whether it was uh, uh, kind of the social side of things, or maybe the um, uh, charity side of things at work, whatever it was, how important it was for me to hang out with people that are different than me and, and listen to new ideas and, and jump in on activities that are a little different from me, or at least walk around and going, you know, looking at uh, somebody's working and they've got a new piece of software, they've got something up on the whiteboard and it looks like they're trying to solve a problem and you're looking at it and you go, that's kind of neat what they're trying to do there. And what I learned really quickly, totally by accident, like I didn't figure this out, was I kept getting thrown into situations with people that are different with me that had different skill sets. And, and now I'm at the stage in life that, um, you know, I'm working a couple of contracts right now. And when I look at an opportunity um, or I'm looking for a future opportunity, what I like is a bunch of different people. I want to be open to different skill sets, different views, different ways of doing things and, uh, and different tasks and things like that. And I just think it's so healthy and it's good for the organization. And, and what we don't realize is that when we go in like that, we're actually providing that to other people as well, because we're all very unique. We all have different skill sets. Like if you look at the two of us, we have totally different skill sets mm -hmm. and, and yet we can come together and have a conversation and people for some reason are willing to listen to us talk. So this is something I just stumbled upon. It's something that I enjoy. And I've made some pretty major career decisions knowing that I, I wanted to be uh, ex, uh, exposed to other people, other skill sets, other ways of doing things, uh, which doesn't mean I, I want a free for all because I certainly don't want that. But I really like listening to how other people do things. And uh, quite frankly, Greg, I will steal techniques or ways of doing things to, uh, without, without question. And I think that's a good thing in a work environment that we go around and we're open. Uh, and it isn't just, you know, you go to a meeting and you're open. It's, you know, you're the boss, like, is your door really open or is your door closed all the time? Even that physicality really sets the mood in a place, right? And it's, it's everything. Uh, oh, there's a, you know, we're running a charity for something at work. Well, jump in, go and do it. Why not? Be open to it. You know, you're going to meet some people, you're going to do some good work. You're going to create relationships, which you may need to use later on. It's all good. And I, I found uh, I'm an introvert who can be an extrovert if he has to be. But doing those types of things really opens up your, your acquaintance circle and maybe you know, your friendship circle or whatever. I, ju I just think it's a, a really good posture to have. And, and sometimes you need a three-year-old to remind you that, you know what, you need to try something new, even if it's imaginary. Yeah. And you know what? I uh, sometimes too the lack of openness isn't a bad, isn't, uh, you know, it's not a bad intent. You know, I always talk about intention versus impact, you know, sometimes enthusiasm, what I found sometimes personally, sometimes I got, I would get too enthusiastic about something and I was so passionate. You almost, you almost uh, lose sight of what's happening around you. And, and your intention is not to be, unopened or not opened, but, but you, you end up showing up that way. 
Um, so uh, again, sometimes it's not about, you know what, you'll do it my way, no matter what that is. Sometimes it's, I'm so excited about where we're going. I want to get people enthusiastic about it. But it still is a, 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 a still creates a space of not openness that people are afraid to bring their ideas, especially if their ideas are different. Um, and we've talked about this before of, of different styles and uh, and having someone to be able to bring that different style forward is so important to enrich wherever you're going. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, let's talk about some common sense things to as a manager to help deal with this situation uh number one you can't talk about being open you have to be open uh actions in this area talk uh, are a lot louder than than words you you know you can talk about being open all you want but unless you are open and people see that and experience that it doesn't it doesn't mean anything Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, one of the things bubbling up for me, and I don't know if it fits here or not, is that um, what's important as a manager is to be clear on where you're going um, and what the goal is. But then with th- that sometimes is important because if they know the direction, but then open up the space to actually then allow people to contribute to how we're going to get there. Um, and, and, uh, uh, but often we, we try to hold on to both of them, both where we're going and how we're going to get there. And if you declare you're going to be open, you know, you better be there. It's almost better to have someone who isn't open and you know that, so you know, you're where you're going to play. I'm not, I'm still not going to stay in the organization. I'm going to leave, but it's worse when someone says I'm this and then lives this, that's, that's way worse. Carve out times specifically or as part of any discussion where the ideas fly. If people see you once uh, format a meeting and you've put in time where other people can say what they think about this dissenting views and you take it in and you're thankful for that. It only takes one or two meetings where you've provided an opportunity for people to speak their mind and, and maybe say, and Hey, listen, if you think of anything else after me and come by, let me know, because I want to get this done. Right. I appreciate your opinions. And when somebody shows up, you go, Oh, thank you very much. And especially later on, if, if some of the people see some of their input into the final product, it's not going to take people long to figure out that when, you know, that you are open, that you want, you value people and their input. And, and even if it doesn't get used at the end of the day, it was properly considered and, and people were appreciative that you came forward. Yeah, you know what, in, in, in my book, in the part where it's about um, uh, safe, brave spaces, um, uh, flourishes amongst we, that's about in community, I, I have this little piece in there around intentional dialogues. And I think this is so important, is to actually name why you're gathering. So one of the intentional dialogues that I have is the discovery dialogue. So a discovery dialogue is you name it that we're going to have a discovery dialogue. And as the owner of that discovery dialogue, I bring the idea forward and then I open it up and everyone has an opportunity to provide whatever input they have. Um, So it's fully open with the intention saying that I might not use it, but I'll be influenced by the information. And I have found in my career that, that it is so powerful, as you've said here, is carving out a time and being intentional about, hey, this is a brainstorm. This is a discovery dialogue. And so I'm going to share, here's what I'm thinking, what builds, challenges, different ideas, what you have. And it almost strengthens the muscle of those around you 
an openness to just throw out whatever ideas they have because it, it's, a, it's, again, it's a safer place that people can do that with knowing that any idea is a good idea um, and it might not be the final idea, but it'll influence and enrich the, the journey. So I love that idea of just carving it out. And I would just add, declare that this is what kind of meeting it is. Because sometimes there's meetings where it isn't about your, it isn't about ideas, it's about decisions. And that's something different. But this one in particular is a great way to allow those ideas to fly. Yeah, and embrace and value uh, the different people in the room or the different people that aren't in a room. And when I mean different, I mean different. Maybe you have a discussion and you go, listen, there's aspects of this we don't understand. And maybe ask people in the group, who, who else you know, should we reach out to? Maybe they're not here. Let's be open to some other ideas. You know, do we have the full story here? And, and you know, we all feel comfortable talking to people that are like us, that think mm-hmm. like us, maybe have the same experience, maybe are the same professional designation. But sometimes... Maybe, you know, that person isn't in the room, the person that you really need to hear from, and maybe you need to go out and seek them and, and be open to what they have to say and actually go out shopping for some more information or, or opinions or experience. I love that. I love that. And I think that, you know, asking up front and early, do this early, uh, who will this decision project impact? Um, and make a list. And then who needs to be at the table? Um, to be, give us the best perspective. These are great questions to ask up front and then to your point, go and find those people. Um, you know, and the whole idea of diversity, uh, equality and inclusion, you know, I don't know how many times, how many times have we seen a product that's come to market that has to have been pulled back because it's so obviously uh, discriminatory or, you know, or something uh, amazingly uh, but you don't know how it could have gone through so many levels, but why, what's got gone through so many levels is because of exactly what you're saying here is you don't have the right people around the table. So if you think about asking those questions up front and say, who needs to be here that can give us a good perspective of it, it will enrich in the creation of the service delivery, whatever you're trying to do. And I think uh, being proactive, I've been on teams, I've run teams, and what I, what I like to do is if there's somebody new or somebody new that we're working with, I always like to have a little sit down with them and there's no meeting, there's no issue. And just maybe understand a little bit who this person is, where they're from, what they've done. And to me, that's part of being open as well, because, you know, three and a half weeks from now, somebody goes, oh, we're in this situation. What do we do? I go, hey, uh, I talked to this Greg guy a couple of weeks ago. He's new. He's in that other team. And uh, he comes from that organization that does this stuff all the time. And he talked mm-hmm. a little bit to me about some of the stuff he'd been doing and some of the things that they'd learned. So I think we should uh, go over and talk to Greg. And, and that proactive being open to the people that are in your workplace, newer people. Uh, I'm always amazed when I talk to somebody that's new, some of the places they've been and some of the things that they've done. And, you know, you, you, you lock that in the back of your brain and you never know when you're going to need it. And, uh, you know, maybe you, you, you sense they have a certain personality that would be helpful in something that you're doing. All this stuff is, is, is proactive, but it, it's, it's being actively open. Yeah. And you know what I love? You said early, do it early too, because you know what happens is that if you engage people early in the process and maybe do check-ins every once in a while, by the time you're ready to launch or to move forward or something, you've already got built-in champions across the organization because they see their finger, their fingerprints on some of it. And I remember at, uh, at Campbell's Soup, but the same thing at Porter Airlines, 
you know, these are completely different businesses, but knowing again, asking those questions up front and engaging people in those things, by the time it gets down there, whether it's someone on the plant floor who's actually making the soup or whether it's the ramp person who is actually loading the bags, engaging them earlier on in the bigger idea around what you're trying to do is so powerful. And I think the added value to your point is that we've all got unique experiences. And so bring them from the other organizations, you find out so much great stuff. Exactly. And I think the next point you've, you've kind of covered already, but I, I think maybe we'll just uh, underline it again is uh, one thing that people panic about, get anxious about is that a brain, not all of us feel uh, fine in a brainstorming meeting where things seem to be, there seems to be chaos going on and I'm, you can't see me, but I'm kind of putting up my hand a little bit. And I think it's really important uh, as the person, whatever this session is, whether it's impromptu or it's planned, that there are parameters and people know that, you know, somebody is in charge and that this is what we're doing. This is where we're going and, and kind of give people where the bumpers are in what we're doing, just so that, because uh, there's some people that love brainstorming. We'll do it all day. They don't need any guidelines to them. It, the process is where they get their juice from, right? But not everybody's like that. And, and sometimes you need to put things into context and make sure people understand that there are some bumper pads somewhere. Yeah, and I would also suggest to add in, in different, have different mechanisms to get input. Uh, because to your point, I mean, I am one of those, I'm an extrovert. I love, I'm a seven on Instagram and brainstorming is a sweet place for me. I love the energy that's created in there. Uh, however, uh, my wife, Josette, she's an intro, inter, introvert and uh, she is brilliant and has way better ideas than I do, but may not feel as comfortable bringing it forward. So I just did a, a, a culture rollout in an organization, we had some focus groups and we had a combination of an opportunity for people to type in anonymously their ideas and it kept showing up on the screens uh, um, and then we could see themes coming forward. So you, you gotta be able to provide opportunities for voice of all kinds of different folks. And you're right, because sometimes introverts, you know, they may not want to bring their ideas forward. You know, sometimes doing a survey ahead of time and getting, collecting the data first and then bring that out allows it. Breaking into small groups, all of those are good ways to figure out ways of, of creating greater openness for different styles. And the next point is right along that theme, uh, quietly encourage people in one-to-one -one meetings to jump into the fray at group meetings or in brainstorming sessions, whatever it is, help them know that you value their thoughts, ideas, and experience. And I love the idea that you, you know, at, at some of these things, you have these ways for people to do things. But I think as managers, one of the things that we can do is quietly encourage people that, you know, I understand you don't feel comfortable in those meetings. I hope at some point that you you will feel free to to uh, participate and and I I'd like to encourage you to say that because you you have such great ideas and the group would really benefit from some of your stuff I I think at man you know as managers we should you know give people a gentle nudge and, and guide them towards a certain point where they can uh, share to a great level to everybody's benefit I love that one of my favorite 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 uh, phrases is tell me more. Uh, that's also a powerful thing. If someone brings an idea more, tell me more what's behind that and allowing confidence to build. But I love that idea of just how do you look around and see who is being, who is maybe not as participative and encourage them finding ways to do that. I love that. And as a manager, highlight successes where the team was open to new ideas and, and took a bit of a, a leap. 
I love it when uh, somebody went, Hey, listen, you know, we were all successful. That thing that we came up with at that meeting, I can't remember who started off the conversation, but everybody jumped in and it really worked out really well. And it, we're going to share it with other teams and other groups that we work with that this is, you know, something that maybe they should consider. Maybe it isn't the, their, the answer to their thing, but it should be something that they should uh, consider. Yeah. And I will add to that as a, as a manager, this is where your opportunity to be vulnerable can be so powerful. If, uh, if you're able to say, you know what, I was going down a pathway and I really thought that, and uh, I'm so grateful for Mary that, that really highlighted this big risk that I actually did not see. And that allowed us to think and shift into a different area. Um, vulnerability is such a, it's, it's hard, but boy, oh boy, that in itself creates a modeling of openness of, well, I thought this, then I heard this, that enlightened me to see this, and therefore now we're doing this. So um, it's so powerful. And along that line as well, taking it one step further, in any uh, any after action uh, discussion, uh, you know, you go through everything and kind of review what happened. Reinforce the value of new ideas or approaches, even if it didn't work out. Just the actual discussion that took place. Hey, while we we're doing this, we came up with this idea, this idea, and this idea. We tried two of them. One of them didn't work out. But you know what? Thank you very much for you know bringing forward these ideas so we could test them out. This is what we want to do. We want to find uh, better ways of doing things with better quality, quicker. Uh, so please continue. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be that complicated either. You know, I, I think I told you that one of my partners uh, uses the phrase and I'm not sure where, where the, where it came from originally, but WWEBI, what went well, even better if, and again, that can be a really quick round table that allows you to capture those good thoughts and also learn and grow together. And again, it reinforces that ability of openness both of the things that are good, encouragement, but also the things that maybe didn't go as well. And for something, something about even better if is a soft way to share the opportunities that we can improve. And it's a nice way of starting that openness dialogue. You know, openness is a, a culture thing, but it's also an intentional thing on the individual. Mm -hmm. And as managers, it, it it's our job to create, you know, be intentionally open, but to create a culture where people will feel comfortable to come up in whatever it is, whether it's a project, a meeting, or just a discussion, uh, or, you know, walking around and you, you see somebody doing something. It's like, Hey, that that's, what is that? You know, that's kind of neat. I wonder, I wonder if we could use that on what we're doing. So I, I think it, it's very intentional and it is a culture that, uh, as managers, we have a huge role in creating. Yeah, I agree. So as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist as well. The first one is step up, jump in, whatever it is, whether it's a, a project, a meeting, uh, maybe there's a bake sale for to raise money for something. Uh, maybe there's uh, students coming in for a tour. Maybe there's interns. Who knows? Step up, be open, because uh, it's amazing who you meet, what you learn, and how much you learn about the organization as well. Yeah, and I think I think being open to differences, you know, and this is a big thing of, you know, almost uh, stepping, but stepping up into it and really, um, you know, being brave. It's not easy, you know. It's it's can be scary to step up into something, um, but it it is something that really is 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 key, and there are ways to do it. You know, whether it's just something's resonating for me 
this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? People can say, yeah, it doesn't resonate for me, but at least it, what are those uh, entry points that I can get uh, uh, contribute to the situation? Absolutely. And I think we've covered the next one, playing a role in brainstorming or just trying new activities in the workplace. But uh, the underlying thing is support and encourage one another. Being open uh, brings so many of those, the, that type of thing to the situation as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, uh, all, all, we've said this in a couple of situations. Also, uh, um, as, as we said, the managers need to encourage their team members as a team member, you can encourage your manager. If you're noticing them being vulnerable, if you're noticing them really holding space to be more openness, reinforce those behaviors saying, hey, Alistair, I noticed that really you, I love that event where you allowed us to uh, provide our input uh, you know, through a discovery dialogue. That's fantastic, thanks so much. It really, uh, I think it was really powerful and positive. You know, Whatever you can do, encourage not only each other, to step in, you know, uh, if if you see someone or you know someone who works with you has a great idea, um, saying, you know what, uh, Alist Alistair and I were talking the other day and Alistair had the suggestion around that. Alistair, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, how can you help voices be released, um, even if it's not your own? I really like that. Uh, value other people and talk to somebody you don't know. Every time I go into a new situation, one of the things I find very impactful are, are the people that come up and say, hey, Alistair, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Greg. Uh, this is your first date? Yeah, listen, I'm over here. This is what I do. I know your head's spinning. It'll be like that for a couple of days. If you have any questions whatsoever, just come by and let me know. And even in one of my pr present opportunities that I'm working right now, somebody um, came up and said, hey, listen, if you need any help with anything, let me know. And that person has been invaluable and I, you know, I'm not going to say their name, but you know, they, you know, they have helped me so much in my present situation. So uh, I always remember that, you know, there's, I also remember the people that kind of blew me off and I, I so appreciate the people that, uh, Oh, hi, how are you? Yep. What are you looking for? The kitchen. Just follow me. I'll show you where it is. You know, those people are so impactful uh, in the early stages and they, you just can't underscore the value of just being open and uh, just introducing yourself to somebody that's new. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's, you know, it's creating a safe space for those folks to join in and be connected. The other piece that I'm thinking about is for those people that annoy me, that I get frustrated with, you know, and, and I mean, we feel that in our bodies one way or another, we're either warm towards someone or just, you know, you know how I, I feel, I just, I, I know I can fall into this kind of grumpy, like, oh, that person drives me nuts. And I might not even heard them do anything. They might, just, they might just look like somebody who drives me nuts, you know, so that type of thing. But how do I become curious and open with others, especially those that annoy me? That's the tougher one. But what I'm trying to do is, and it, man, it's a slow journey for me, but uh, I'm trying to, when that happens, when I feel that, is to is to do things like tell me more is to uh, help help me understand how you got to where you got to um, finding a com a couple common themes or uh, things that we're maybe a little bit aligned to um, because those are the tougher ones I get pretty excited going to people that are like me and who have the same energy as I do but those other people whew, they can be tricky 
well, I think I've said this before in one of the podcasts that we've done. I always have an irritating person in my midst. So what you just said there really resonates with me because I'm just one of those people, wherever I've worked, there's always one people that they just have my number and I don't know why. Well, sometimes I know why, but often I just don't know why I react like that to it. So to me, that really resonates with me, Greg. Yeah. And if you can be more open with them, boy, that's going to accelerate your openness generally because they're the toughest. Exactly. And the last point for the employees, and I think it goes for the manager as well, is ask yourself the question, what do you want the place you work to look like? And to me, that's kind of an aha moment. Like, okay, I'm, I'm here for whatever period of time it is. What do I want this to, to look like? And, and one of the ways to make it look better and to be better is to be open. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've shared this, I think, in one of the other podcasts before is the, uh, um, I think it's, I think it's Stephen Covey, but it's the circle of concern, circle of influence. Start where you are in your little circle. How do I make my one-on-one relationships or my little circle where I am more open in my approach? And, and it, there's a ripple effect that happens because as you do more and more of that, it starts to spread. Um, so, uh, you know, you don't have to change the world, but you can change the space around you. And, uh, and if you begin with that question, it's really key. And if everybody does that. Yeah, that's right. Big things happen. Exactly. Um, wrap up, Greg. Well, you know what? It, it, it is almost, um, a similar wrap up in, in many of the ones that we talked about, but I think the key to openness is first, um, recognizing the value of it. Uh, because sometimes uh, we don't see the value in it. But I think if you really pause and think about your situations in your life, whether you're a manager or an employee, of when the most meaningful impact happens, it's usually in times of openness, collaboration, where people feel they can contribute. So first of all is, what is your mindset to begin with, I would say. And then secondly is create the space as soon as possible in whatever way you can do that, whether as a manager or as a team member of, of connecting with others, um, declaring it, and then um, holding yourself accountable to it. Those are the couple big things that are so important. And then cut some slack, cut yourself some slack because you are going to fail in this space because of personalities and those things that come into place. But when you do, be vulnerable, apologize, um, regroup, and uh, and commit again. So um, uh, those would be the things that jump into my head. So my thought is for those introverts out there like myself, uh, how important this is sometimes to step out of your, your comfort zone and just get into a routine of being more open, whatever that looks like, whether it's in a meeting or with new people or walking around or or social events or charity events that are going on within, within your organization. It's just so important. And I can't speak to it as a person that's a curmudgeon, but as a curmudgeon, uh, I think, you know, we really haven't talked about it here, but, you know, what kind of organization do you want? Uh, are things going as well for you as they could? Uh, maybe sometimes um, 
you need to be a little bit more open and, and just step out maybe in a minor role in something. And I love it. I've been in a bunch of different organizations and I love it when there's kind of a charity thing going on and you get somebody that's flipping a pancake or a hamburger or handing out bottles of water at some race somewhere. And it's a good situation for them because maybe they don't do that all the time. And, and maybe that's a big stretch for them. So whether you're an introvert or a curmudgeon, I don't know if that's an official word of ours, but uh, I'm going to use it. I just think it's really important to think about what kind of organization do you want and step out. And sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's awkward, but people will see if you're making a, a sincere effort to be more open and to participate in things. I love that, Alistair. And I also think that's a great insight for uh, introverts, you know, or folks that, that are, are just beginning to find their voice. Often it's in the charity opportunities that, that there's a little bit less risk and you can kind of practice and build um, your voice. So I love, that's a great, great, great insight. So uh, we hope that uh, some of what we spoke of you find helpful. Uh, we hope we didn't offend anybody or made anybody really angry. But again, uh, Greg, your philosophy, I think, lands very solidly on this episode. Right. Yeah. So my philosophy is something that I learned earlier from my first coach. And uh, is when I uh, left the coaching sessions, uh, I, they, the best ones were ones in which I experienced a little joy and a little churn. So I may have been uh, excited about something that I was making traction on. And sometimes I was a little peeved off or churny about something that she called out or she helped me see that I was not moving in the direction that I really wanted to. And uh, the thing was both were great. And uh, the key is just to recognize both the churn and the joy and uh, choose to do something with it. So we hope that in this, that there may have been some joy of some traction that you're already on or some churn that maybe there's some things that you might want to pause, reflect and, and uh, re recharter again. So that's so cool. And remember people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.